You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. And this week, we're going a little vintage for you. We're smoking the Ciento Por Ciento uh, Brickhouse 2019 TAA exclusive. Yeah, so basically what that means is this is a 100% Nicaraguan Puro with a Jalapa wrapper. Zika zika. Doesn't sound near as... uh fancy when you say Nicaraguan, Nicaraguan Puro with a Jalapa wrapper. <laughs> yeah, Ciento Por Ciento translates to 100%. <clears throat> so yeah, this was a... Uh... And this is a TAA exclusive, right? Yes, this is, but it's a 2019 edition, so this one's got a, a little bit of year age. age on it. And so far, it's a smoky bastard. We're going to have a hard time seeing in the uh, studio uh, <laughs> at not long from now, once we both get uh, get to firing up on this thing, yeah, I, I you know this uh, this definitely smokes like a Nicaraguan, a Nicaraguan, you know, has a little bit of leather, a little bit of you know cedar, the woodiness, and a, a touch of spice and earthiness even. You sound stuffed up. I don't think you can smell anything, can you? <laughs> or taste. No, nah, I don't have the Rona. I can still smell and taste. And it tastes pretty damn good. Yes, leather, earth, spice, all the all the good things that Brad just mentioned. And before we get into the uh, f- ferav- ah, fil- ah, fuck, the fun uh, <laughs> of whatever we're talking about this week, we have to, yeah, we're going to give a shout out to, uh, we lost a fellow cigar nerd uh recently uh mike dixon uh you may know him as uh rhino mike uh from his cosplaying but he was one of the very first guests i think we had on the podcast he kind of introduced us to the range 15 movie and we had him on when that movie came out to talk about his experiences being an extra on there and he was also ripping uh uh battleground cigars at the time too so he kind of introduced us to to battleground as as well and it's He's been a supporter of of the podcast, and you know, like I said, we every time we. Yeah, I mean, kinda... he was a huge supporter just in you know the Dragon Con community alone. I mean, you know his his dungeon master, like yeah, I mean, you know, he, just... I mean, he pretty much the one that introduced to the you know told us about the Dragon Con cigar group, and uh, yeah, so he was like you know into that very early on. So yeah, he's uh, and you know. Drinking Bros podcast. They made him, you know, Drinking Bro of the Week uh, uh, when he when he passed. So we just wanted to take a time and you know give a shout out to uh, Mike. Uh, rest in peace, brother. We'll fire up a cigar for you. And uh, don't forget to get your energy drinks at Strikeforce Energy. I'm promo code Cigar Nerds for twenty percent off your order. And this week we're gonna be talking about the live action cowboy bebop yeah and it doesn't will it suck because there's been a lot of attempts to make take famous animes and move them into the live action realm some are successful some are not we'll see 
think it's already been decided, but, you know, for folks that haven't seen it, we'll give you a quick introductory in the main segment, and we'll get into spoilers later on during the main segment. We'll give you fair warning. Warned. (laughs) And with that, we'll be right back. Let's jam. Yeah, I don't want to get into any spoilers, but I mean, we can talk about well, some of the changes and differences between this and the animes and, you know, that sort of thing um, yeah, without, gonna, you know, spoiling anything. I'm just going to give a spoiler warning now because we may accidentally spoil something when we're discussing it before we even get into, like, actual I mean, my only, plot details. My only thing is the intros were pivotable. Or, yeah, pivotal. Uh, pivotal. Jesus. <laughs> I need to quit drinking whiskey. Like, <laughs> but, I, I might I mean, still yeah, be on a bender from last we're night. We're definitely going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. But, uh... Spoiler it so far... It's been canceled after one season. And as I don't we... think that's a spoiler anymore. <laughs> and as we go, we'll kind of discuss whether we think that's justified or not. And, uh, but I would say there is still, like, petitions going around the internet that have gotten a lot of signatures of people demanding a season two of this. So we've kind of... Not, I mean... not all hope is dead. I mean, it's still a slim possibility. Here's my thing <laughs> is I have kind of the same complaints about this that I do. Um, Welcome to Raccoon City, the new live action Resident Evil movie. Um, the casting choices like, and, and then some of the direction, like, we focus so less on the bounties and more so on the social interactions. Yeah, like the and, interpersonal drama of the crew. That... And, you know, an unnecessary interpersonal drama. Like, <laughs> yes. I mean, stuff is just, hey, we're going to add this just to draw it out more. And it's like, that's not even needed. Like, <laughs> I don't watch Cowboy Bebop for drama. <laughs> like, yeah, I watch it for the badass action sequences and them hunting I, bounty heads. I want to see bounties. I want to see space. And for like one much, and a I half episodes, like, you kind of get that. Yeah, like I was going to say, there's maybe two episodes where they actually go catch a bounty <laughs> through this whole thing. But to b- back it up to what you started saying was, if nothing else, the soundtrack was awesome. It was the intro to the show 
is almost a shot for shot remake of the anime with like the original, you know, it's one of those few shows on Netflix when it gives you the option to skip the intro. You're like, fuck no, I'm watching this goddamn intro every single time. <laughs> well, I mean, the original series, you wanted to watch the intro. And this, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, it really defeated the purpose and, and missed that mark. I mean, um, I, I mean, there are, I, I, I can't necessarily, you know, poo-poo all over this, but... You know, I mean, Jet Black, you know, um, Mustafa Shakir, fucking phenomenal. Yes. Did a great Jet Black. He is definitely yes. one of the highlights of this series. Uh, his, even his voice, like going back and watching the English dubbed uh, version of the anime, because I don't read uh, subtitles. I, I know, I know I'm not, I'm not a true anime fan if you don't watch it in the original Japanese Fuck you, I'm American, I want to hear it in English. It's almost like the same voice. I mean, he he had the physicality and the sound and, and was John, probably a perfect jet black. And John Cho as Spike Spiegel mostly pulled I, I, it off. I, yeah, I mean I mean I I've seen John do some really great work. And I, I, I think part of any complaints would be, you know, with the writing and, you know, directors, you know, and the direction they wanted to take Spike. I, I would say probably one of the most missed the mark was what they did with Vicious. Like, yes. they literally made Vicious a whiny bitch. <laughs> yes, Vicious is one of those characters in the anime that is like, he's like Darth Vader showing up. He's like a legitimate threat and a very like dark and disturbing character where, and this one, he's kind of a bitch. <laughs> I mean, it, it just like with daddy issues, <laughs> I mean, they tried to go a little more back into the like backstory of spike and vicious that we didn't get in the uh, original anime. I think to a detriment, it like made him, Vicious just look incompetent <laughs> instead I, of like this dark, like psycho character that he was in the anime. Um, Faye Valentine, how did you feel about her character in this? <sighs> Not a. I don't completely hate it, but you know, at the same time, like there were moments it's like this doesn't feel like Faye at all. No, I. Daniel, was it uh, Daniela? Daniela Pena, whatever. It's definitely a different version of it. Like, she... In the anime, she shows up as, like, a con woman and criminal and is, like, constantly trying to screw over the the team. And, you know, and she didn't even show up to, like, a couple episodes into the original anime where this, they had her in episode Kinda one right off the as bat. a competing bounty hunter. And she was much more a, uh, in the anime, she's more of a, a femme fatale type character where this one, she's almost like, you know, an engineer. Yeah. Like kind of like, just like tomboy, tough girl chick. That's, that was, I guess way more like comedic and like competitive than she was in, in the anime. I mean, her 
version of the character is not bad, but it's definitely not of the characters being written as the characters they animate. She's probably the one who falls the farthest from the source material. <laughs> and I'm not saying, Oh, we got to have a girl in like a tiny ass, you know, dress and shit, but you know, I mean, that was kind of iconic for that character. Yeah. Though, you know, and they kind of I mean... did some of that. Yeah. I mean, it was her, her outfit was, I guess a, toned down version of her outfit from the show, but just the, the person, not even like the outfit, but the personality of the character was much different than the Faye Valentine, you know, personality from the, uh, anime. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Julia, you know, and, and her character, you know, as now are, you know, femme fatale, you know, the, Love interest between Spike and Vicious, and... I hated Julia's character in this movie. And, I will, like, definitely, we'll, spoiler alert from here on out, because... Alright, fine, we'll, we'll start with what's wrong with this series, so then we can end with what we thought was good in the series. And Julia's one of, like, the worst things in this series. In the anime... Wait, you just said Faye was! <laughs> no, like, I... Like I said, <laughs> I like this new version of Faye. I'm just saying it's far different than the... Because what they did was... It's, it's a, not a... It's a reimagining. Yes. So, there's elements of episodes you get from the anime. There's There's story arcs that are similar, but basically it's like... Hey, remember that one episode? Well, here's our remixed version of it. So it's not like a direct redo of the anime. And her character, like I said, not bad. While she is pretty far off from her personality-wise of the character in the in the anime. But Julia, like in the original anime, she's like basically disappeared. Like after you know, Vicious found out her and Spike were together and threatened to kill Spike, and she just kind of fucks off. So she's just kind of like this, this legend of Spike's past that shows up in like maybe the last two episodes where in this she's married to vicious through the whole thing. And she's like the one, like kind of running things. And by the final episode, they completely neuter vicious. I mean, uh, whatever ballad of the fallen angels is one of the, the best episodes of the original anime. But instead of vicious throwing spike out of a window, she becomes the big bad at the end and basically like fucking locks vicious up in a basement, takes over the, the gang. And like, if, if they had a season two, it looked like she was going to be like the true villain of the, of this whole thing. And I'm just like, that's what they were talking about. When we talked about the interpersonal drama, they added so much unnecessary drama. Like they had in the original anime, um, jet always knows spikes past. But in this one, it's like, oh no, I have never told him I'm a. Mafia. I have a secret. So they have that drama, and then in the original anime, Jet was a cop that got betrayed and injured on duty. But in this one, it's like, not only was he betrayed and injured, but he was framed and went to prison for five years. And he has a family. And has a family that that they're adding the extra stress of him trying to be a you know divorced father and trying to stay in his daughter's life, even though they everyone thinks he's a criminal. Like I said, there was just all this interpersonal drama that was 
That's not why we watched the original anime. We watched it for the action and the, uh, you know, the bounty hunting. But yeah, it was like they, they added all these elements of, you know, Vicious and Julia together and the drama between, you know, Jet finding out about Spike's past and the drama of Jet trying to protect his family and stuff. And I'm like, dude, it's all like unnecessary. <laughs> I, I get trying to do something different than the original anime. So it's not like just a shot for shot remake, but you guys literally just tried to twilight cowboy bebop. Yeah. It was like, there was just far too much unnecessary <laughs> personal drama added. And then you make Julia like the whole freaking point of the original anime is Spike's, you know, refines his lost love, and then she gets killed, and then that's like the motivation for the the ultimate battle between him and Vicious at the end. Whereas this is like, she's the bad guy now. Or are they gonna? Or is he gonna have to kill Julia at the end of it if we got a season two? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, that I don't know. Luckily, I can say it was canceled. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't want to just completely badmouth it because there were some cool, you know, shots of them in space. And like I said, we're we're gonna cover what we don't like first, then end with the positive notes because there was some positive notes. I think it's worth watching at least once. It's, I mean, I, I you know, I had to watch horrible. it. Horrible. You know, I was seeing all of the hate and everything else and I'm like, oh, this is another you know, it's just cool to hate on everything and then I'm like I hate to agree but I'm going to have to agree <laughs> Um, so I, I guess with no further ado then let's just jump into you know, the first episode well, I would say the other kind of downside of it this definitely didn't have the budget it should have had because in the show, we get cool space battles and Spike flying around in the swordfish, you know, doing stuff. With the exception of, like, the first episode, maybe, it's like, look, we have all these cool spaceships, and then we're never going to do anything in space again. Everything is going to be on a planet. <laughs> but we have the ship. It's just sitting. Yes. I think you see Spike flying his ship, like, once in the entire fucking series. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure Faye flies ships more often than what uh, Spike does. In yeah, this. They, they at least like brought in Faye's ship like halfway through, and you get to see her fly a little bit. But yeah, you never see Jet's like ship. It's like, oh, we can only afford to build two spaceships, so Jet's going to ride around on a Can-Am spider. <laughs> and we're going to go to all these planets, and nobody's going to have flying cars. Everyone's going to be driving like antique uh, they went <laughs> vehicles to Cuba, around. dude. Okay, they went to Cuba. <laughs> Pretty much. They were they were in space Cuba. It was like, yeah, like you get shots of the Bebop, like, landing on planets. But yeah, that's about it. There's, like, nothing else happens in space past that first episode. It's just like, it's just like we blew all the budget on, on the first episode, so the rest of the episodes, we're, we're just going to stay on, like, this one or two planets, because we can't afford any space And battles. maybe that was the reason for all the drama. Because otherwise, we would have had a hour, an hour and a half film... And, you know, I, I think they were just trying to draw stuff out to try to save face, but they interjected so much unnecessarily, like... Yeah, I, there was delays in production, and this kind of, they started filming this right as, like, COVID hit, and it's like, 
I definitely think... I mean, could this have it, worked as Cowboy the Bebop the movie instead of a 10-episode season? I'd almost had liked to have seen a live-action version of the movie or some, you know, something like... Yeah, because they definitely did not have the budget for 10 episodes. I mean, it was like, yeah, like I said, they... It was cool space stuff and cool effects in the first episode. And then it seemed like as it went down, like things just got more and more. Simpler hey, and simpler we're just going to <laughs> sit around and talk. <laughs> yeah, and bicker, and bicker. Oh. And I'm like, man, we've had COVID going on for like three years. I'm sick of bickering. <laughs> I'm sick of drama. Like, but yeah, the first episode, uh, Cowboy Gospel. I, I thought this was going to be a good series after that uh, <laughs> first episode. Well, I had concerns, dude, because <laughs> that's a lot of dudes. And at no point, like, I mean, I get it. Spike's a badass and all, but, dude, you're getting shot, okay? <laughs> like, you know, there, there's none of this, hey, let me, you know come down this elevator and, you know, see what's up. Like, the fuck? That would never happen. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, uh, almost like, especially like the, uh, the wordage of it. If you've watched Cowboy Bebop, the movie, the armed robbery in the convenience store, they pretty much did that scene shot for shot, but they placed it in a space casino. It's like, yeah. And everybody just happens to be on the same floor. Yeah. <laughs> It's even that one, it's like right at the end of it, the old lady's like, what are you? And he's like, just a humble bounty hunter, ma'am. And it's like, that whole scene is like straight out of the Cowboy Bebop movie. It's up in a space casino instead of a convenience store. And then they kind of do also the first episode of Cowboy Bebop where they're looking for uh, a bounty on a guy who stole a bunch of a red eye, which is like the, the Dude, meth of I the need space. That. <laughs> I need that in my one eye. Not both my uh, eyes, just my one. Yes, uh, Asimov and uh, Katrina. But yeah, Faye Valentine was not in that episode of the anime. She didn't like show up to like two, three episodes later. But yeah, they throw her in as a rival bounty hunter coming after uh, Katina or Katiana or whatever her name was. But yeah, the... The scene in the bar where Vicious, not Vicious, uh, Asimov takes the drug and then kills all the hitmen that like came to kill him. I was like, that's like straight out of the anime. Like when I watch, I'm like, all right, this is Cowboy Beep. I mean, we we got to see Vicious do one vicious thing, <laughs> and we didn't see Vicious do a vicious thing afterwards. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like I said, this first episode, like. <clears throat> made hopes high for the rest of the series, and then it just went downhill from there. I mean, we even got a space battle-ish. You know, Spike chases uh, Asimov and Katiana into space, and, who, and they get gunned down by the space police. But after that, it's like, we blew all our budget, we're not going to space anymore. <laughs> I think that's the only time you see Spike fly his ship through the rest of the damn series. Yeah, I mean, I think there's some others, but, I mean, literally they're just passing through a port or something like <laughs> yeah. i mean nothing's there's no battles or anything no like i said as a uh what do you call that uh pilot episode yeah this gave me high hopes for the rest of the series and it didn't pan, pan out after this episode <coughs> 
So if you're going to watch any of this, just go watch the first episode. I've got nothing bad to say about the first episode. It had action, it had gunfights, it had space battles. And then they just got a bunch of drama for the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So episode two. Venus Pop, the Teddy Bomber. <clears throat> the original Teddy Bomber episode, that's one of the great like comedic episodes yes. of the anime. Because you had uh, Teddy Bomber and then you had a rival bounty hunter who was like Cowboy Billy or some shit. But we didn't get that. There was no. There was no cowboy. There was this. <clears throat> this is like the the second episode of Spike and Jet hunting a bounty, and then they don't hunt a bounty like <laughs> through the rest of the series. But I gotta say the fight scene with uh, because you know Vicious finds out Spike is alive and is I guess his code name was like uh, Fearless, Fearless, which is something new. <clears throat> So he sends an assassin to to kill him, and homeboy attacks him in the bathroom while uh, him and Jed are tracking this uh this bounty head. That fight scene was pretty cool. I mean, him fighting the the dude in the in the bathroom and using like a towel to disarm him and and then eventually kill him. But this is also where we get to see Spike and Anna's dynamic. Yeah, in the original, and anime, I guess Anna just you know in this just. Sort of, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm the continental. This is holy, you know, sacred ground, sacred ground. <laughs> like you cannot conduct your business here. Yeah, and like the original anime, she was like, I think showed up in like two episodes, but she was like, I guess mafia adjacent and ran like a convenience store. But in this one, she's, yeah, they've definitely built up that character where she's now running like a jazz nightclub thing where it's like. I have the cabaret. Yeah, where all the, uh, you know, anime, or anime, uh, mafia people can come and it's like neutral ground to, to hang out and, and enjoy yourself and uh, not conduct business. And even, uh, whatever, uh, Grimm, her uh, kind of major domo, I guess, uh, host of the nightclub, which in the original anime, he was like there for two episodes. He was like a guy that served in the military with vicious and was ultimately betrayed by him and you know goes on a tries to get vengeance on vicious and they've definitely gave that character more to do in this series than that they he, he had in the anime but yeah it was like yeah those two characters were like completely different for this <laughs> this series than they were in the original series but it was kind of a cool new element given it like you said the the continental <laughs> treatment yes. And, I mean, we got to learn about the elders, you know, who oversee the syndicate and... Played by our one of them. The only one you actually see his face, uh, John Noble uh, from Fringe and a lot of other things. He's always he's always a good... Like, we need a guy with, like, a commanding-sounding voice. <laughs> we need, a, we need a, a respectable old guy. Let's get John Noble. He's <laughs> it's pretty much... Uh, his role in most movies and TV shows, who apparently in this one is Vicious's father and the source of his daddy issues. I, I just want to be loved. <laughs> You'll never be like me. <laughs> you bit 
bitch. <laughs> they, I, I don't know. You can't be my son because the directors neutered you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was the thing. That part of the storyline, too, of Vicious, like, killing the elders and taking over the clan. That was, like, maybe the last three episodes of the anime where this one, it was like, that shit happened, like, way early. <laughs> yeah. So, Dog Star Swing! We get to go to Mars! Yeah, the red planet. And go to a whorehouse. <laughs> Abdul Hakim! Yeah, that was a weird one. And this one, we finally get the introduction to, uh... Ein. Uh, Ein. Ein <clears throat> was played by two different corgis. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, it looks like, uh... I forgot, I think one was Henry, the other was Charles or something. <laughs> Let's see. I don't remember. I'll have to find it. It'll come to me eventually. Yeah, they kind of like... Oh, yeah, here we go. Charlie and Harry. Ah. And I gotta say, <clears throat> we talk about, like, you know, not everything was bad. I liked Ayn. <laughs> They did a good Dude, job of making a live action. It's a action fucking nine. corgi. How do you not like a corgi? <laughs> oh, I mean, every corgi I've ever encountered is one of the coolest dogs ever, outside of my dogs, because they're my dogs. <laughs> yeah, this one was like weird too, because they kind of changed the uh, the story of uh, Akim Abdul, where he was uh, <clears throat> kidnapping all these pets. From, like, people who had, uh, basically... Well, apparently you <clears throat> had to be high society to have a dog. <laughs> well, that and, like, when Earth was kind of destroyed in the gate accident, all these people, rich people, like, you know, saved their dogs before they saved, like, any of the humans and whatnot. So he's, well, like... fuck yeah, man's best friend. So he's, like, going to kidnap all these dogs and stuff, and his plan is, like... To kill the dogs to, like, punish these rich people who he already killed, which makes no sense. But then once he, like, goes to kill the dogs, he's like, they're dogs, I can't do it. <laughs> when they find him, he's there, like, playing with all of them. He's like, I couldn't do it, man. These dogs are innocent. <laughs> I mean, which is exactly how it should be. But I gotta say, the fight scene uh, with him and uh, Spike on the roof, very reminiscent of the, of the, the great action sequences in this episode of the anime with like the kind of using the pipes as both staff. So, and even like uh, he does some move and even spikes like nice. I <laughs> like that, that mutual respect and two combatants. I'm like, like, and I like the joke of they're like, well, we know he's using some kind of face altering technology that he had to buy from a sleazy strip club. Cause that's who uses these things now. So, We'll use this now jammer we just use face mask. to jam this, uh, yeah, God. to jam these digital face masks, and he'll have to, like, go back to the whorehouse he bought it at to, like, get it fixed. But the scene when they when they set off the, uh, <laughs> the jammer, and they're in the whorehouse, and, like, a lot of the hot strippers all of a sudden turn into, like... Can we just call them like, adult entertainers? The adult entertainers turn into, like, old women. <laughs> And stuff. And they're like, ooh, that's not gonna he's gonna get a surprise later. <laughs> I was like, that that whole joke was like <laughs> funny. I mean you don't have to worry about teeth. No teeth. Literally. <laughs> Who doesn't like a good gum job? 
Or when Spike falls off the roof. How do we have sponsors? <laughs> when Spike falls off the roof and Jet, Jet catches him and he's like hanging like between the tits of this <laughs> giant naked woman, uh, Bill Bourne. He's just like, eh, I'm just going to smoke a cigarette and hang out between these tits. <laughs> I mean, there's worse ways to go. <laughs> and the whole drama, like I said, another unnecessary. Jet, pull me up. I can't. You're heavy. <laughs> Unnecessary drama added was like Jet has to find the perfect gift for his daughter's birthday and run around trying to find like the space Furby or whatever the hell it's called <laughs> that keeps getting destroyed. Just get a dog. Oh, yeah, he did that. Yeah, so that was his original thing. Like, because the cops show up and kill uh, Abdul so they don't get the uh, the bounty. So he's like, well, let's take this dog. And then, of course, his ex wife is like, it's too expensive to have a dog. You, you can't give that to her. So then Ayn gets to join the Bebop crew, which after that, they pretty much never use like the whole Ayn being a data dog plot line. Well, I mean, they, <laughs> other than that, one, the, the, the one scene where, perf- you know, yeah, he, it was like, but you know, I, it's like, uh, dude, you realize your dog just, you know, projected a <laughs> image from its eyes. Yeah, it's like, I felt like there was way more, like, I'm doing stuff in the anime than there was in the series. It was just like, we got a dog now, he's here. And then we, other than the, like I said, the the eye hacking thing is like, pretty much I mean, for get. me, it was like, I'm sick of the drama. Oh, cute dog. <laughs> Corgi butt. <laughs> Uh, and then we get uh, Callisto Soul. Such a fluff. Which we get... Uh... Was that the... Yeah, that's the, this is the one where, uh... you know, we meet Faye's mother. <laughs> yeah, we really get the identity crisis here. Oh, no, I... no, no, that's, that's not the one where they meet her mother. I mean, they, they, they kind of introduce Faye trying to find her... Uh, her identity. Her identity... But she stumbles across a eco-terrorist attack uh, from the, whatever, Ganymede Sea uh, Rat Lib- Liberation Force or whatever. Which in the anime, they were using a bioweapon that would basically de-evolutionize people and turn them into, like, apes. Where in this one, they turn them into trees. Which, you, I gotta say, that was a cool effect. When, like, yes, the gas I mean, makes dude, people that, turn into trees. That effect looked sweet. But at the same time, I was like, hey, you're now Groot. <laughs> like, it just didn't carry the seriousness that it should have. <laughs> yeah, but this is the one where Faye uh, officially joins the, the crew of the Bebop. And I love it when they, you know, she first, like, calls them for help. And this is the whole, like, I'm going to shoot her. Damn it, Spike. Quit trying to kill her. Come on, man. Just just, just let me shoot her. She's <laughs> she's a pain in the, pain in the ass. Just, just, come on, man. Just let, let me shoot her. <laughs> it was like the running joke the whole episode. Every time it's like, God damn it, Spike, quit trying to kill her. <laughs> come on, please. <laughs> yeah, but then we couldn't have our sweet lesbian love interest. Yeah. Because a few episodes later, uh, Jet hires a mechanic to fix the bebop. and Apparently she's good with her hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta say, I don't hate the uh, 
Faye Valentine uh, making out with the mechanic uh, love scene. As we, t- you know, we say we they added so much unnecessary drama. All right, this one I will allow. Yeah, <laughs> it serves a purpose. Yeah, it's not. Uh, this one's not unnecessary. <laughs> and then you get later on her just like reading like several different nudie mags. She's like, I don't know my past. I could be a lesbian. I could like men. Do- I don't know. I'm gonna read all the porn and figure it out. <laughs> Gotta, gotta give myself options. <laughs> I mean, some people would absolutely, like, give anything to be... I, I, I can truly do anything that I want. <laughs> like, I'm a blank slate. I don't have a past uh, to... Uh... But then again, would you make the same choices that made you the person that you were? Playing footsie with the skeleton over there. <laughs> I'm lonely. Come here, you bag of bones. But yeah, that this is probably the only other time we get like space battle because they go to confront the because uh, Faye, of course, double crosses them, steals Spike ship and Ein for either a snack or <laughs> to sell him, and they attract her to uh, to the bounty and find more people turn into trees and you know in the original anime they like release the bomb in hyperspace so you get like a cool like fucking space battle and this one it's like no we're just gonna launch the missiles from from this <clears throat> earth base thing and then it'll Faye's go gonna... so high that hopefully there's yeah. no you know bad fallout and then Faye like you know cr- has to crash her ship into uh, one of the missiles to uh save the team and then uh you know they're like, all right. You, oh you, my god, we lost Faye. You, you did a good thing. We'll let you. We'll let you uh, join the crew now. I feel like one of these are in order. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the whole uh, you know the people getting turned into trees. I thought was was actually kind of a cool effect. Yes, I mean that that was the thing is there were some cool things now and again, but. To get to those cool things was like, oh my gosh, just move it along. <laughs> uh, and then we get Dark Side Tango, which goes into Jet's backstory. Which, one of the highlights, I gotta say, the uh, scenes where they show the uh, Hot Shots Bounty Hunter TV show clips, that Dude, that out was straight out of the anime, that, yes. That was like, alright, that's pretty cool. That's you know, very much... Like the the hot shots, uh, uh, our big shot uh, show from the anime. I'm like, all right, that one, y'all did a good job on. <laughs> they kind of look like we, the we had the budget and... to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I would have been okay if they would. Dude, there needs to be a hot shot series, <laughs> like just little shorts. You yeah. know, like that would hmm. be a cool like little mini series. Just. <laughs> fake episodes of that show. But yeah, Dark Side Tango came up next where there is a prison break and the man who shot uh, Jet and supposedly ultimately framed him is now free, so Jet goes and teams up with his old partner to try to track down uh, Udai, tax him, and uh, find out uh, 
who uh, who set him up. But again, this is another one of those where it's like, in the original anime, they eventually tracked him to, like, he had taken over, like, the prison ship. And there's this, you know, space battle between Jet and his partner and them going on to the ship to, like, track this dude down. Where it's like, no, we're just going to fight him at a, uh, like, a cargo container uh, <laughs> area. <laughs> but we got to insert the pivotal plot twist of partner's betrayal. And this, I do like when they go to the. That was uh, very dramatic. So we needed a dramatic sound. They go to like find out who is making his fake papers for him to find out who is, and they go to like this, basically space uh, meth meth house where everybody's like smoking space weed and and whatnot. So like when the cops show up, they just like bust the giant space bong and like cloud the whole room, so everybody gets high and passes out. I feel like they do that with meth labs. It's just a much bigger explosion. <laughs> yeah. And you don't... I mean, when you go to sleep, you go to sleep permanently. But, of course, at the end, you find out that, uh, just like in the anime, it was his partner that had set him up, and then Jet has to kill him as the cops arrive. And he's like, you knew he was dirty? And you're like, yeah. And he's like, sucks for you, though. You know, that's like the only guy that could have cleared your name, and you had to kill him. And he's like, yeah. But then, like, the guy who he thought betrayed him all this year, the guy that married his wife after he went to prison was like, kind of shows a little heart. He's like, dude, just get out of here. I'll I'll say these two assholes shot each other. <laughs> At least he's, like, not the asshole that he Jet has thought him to be through yeah, all Yeah, absolutely. It's like, in your absence, I stepped up and, you know, like... And all this that... time he was like, sure, that was the guy that betrayed him, but that was actually... He was actually a, a, a legit, decent you know, dude in the yeah. end. But then, like, the other what half the twist? of this, this episode, other than, like I said, they, they kind of wasted the opportunity for another big space battle, is there's this whole list of criminals, and Jet's like, I'm going to go take down this guy. You and Faye, like, team up and, like, take some of these other people down. And Spike and or Jet and Faye just sit in the ship the whole time and argue. They, like, never actually go. They, like, start, like... You don't want to go chase anybody with me because you're, uh, you know, you don't think I'm I'm legit. And she has to like kind of show her bounty hunter credentials of like who she's like taken down, and like they start to get that mutual respect. But yeah, you got a whole episode of them two just hanging out at the ship, like talking shit to each other. But the uh, what is it? The uh, bath shower bath thing was like, all right, that's that's legit. Like I respect you for that. Yeah. Now teach me about the loofah. <laughs> What is this magical device? <clears throat> but yeah, there's scenes like that where it's like in the anime, Spike's always like the cool guy, and yeah, I mean he was just <clears throat> cool, calm, collected, and... very the straight man in like comedic things. But in this one, it's like there's much more goofiness and like friendliness between him and Faye that like we didn't have in the anime. That was yeah, just... I I don't know. They they tried to insert too much of a quirky angle, and that that really didn't work for me. You know, I think that's kind of what I was like, eh, this, this just doesn't feel right. <laughs> like, once again, like, you know, this is a prime example that, you know, for folks that may not be familiar with the anime or whatever, could probably watch this and be, hey, that's pretty good. But for folks like us that are, you know, we're trying to base it on the source material and it's like, wrong, wrong, wrong. 
Yeah, there's like a missed opportunity of like showing them actually going out of the ship and doing something cool and catching some bad guys. But instead, it's like we're just gonna have them hang out and uh, I mean, they should like either focused entirely on Jet. I mean, for all these botched bounties, how do they keep getting bounties? Yeah, <laughs> like I mean, they should either focus completely on this like Jet side story and not even bothered with Spike and Faye, or let Spike and Faye go do bounty hunter shit. <laughs> you know. Either way, there needs to be more bounty hunter shit. Oh. But then that leads us to the binary two-step, which... <clears throat> that's the one where you get the sweet, sweet uh, Faeon mechanic action. <laughs> but they also kind of did a version of the... Uh, how was it? The uh, Mind Scratch episode, where there's a kind of cult that is basically trying to talk people into leaving their bodies and joining a virtual world. And Spike gets trapped in this computer program that basically trying to, the AI is basically trying to rewrite, give up on life <laughs> by you know, tethering his, you know, and he keeps having to go through this scenario over and over again, where, where, uh, Julia keeps getting killed while, Spike and our while Jet and Faye have to travel to Earth to unplug the machine, but it was an interesting kind of new version of that. Uh, I, I thought it was a episode. cool concept, you know. I mean, and I I think it helped because we got to see people actually legitimately doing things. Yeah, it was a it was an action heavy episode, even though half of the action was a computer simulation, and it was kind of cool, like. The more time Spike goes through the loop, it looks more and more digitized, I guess. So it's like more and more like clear that this is a simulation. Like the first time he goes through it, everything looks kind of perfect. And like as he goes through it over yeah, and over, I mean, and you start the, seeing like you know, glitches AI and shit. AI truly, you know, taking over. He was, uh, he was in the Oculus, man. <laughs> Or then, what was the thing for Ready Player One? What did they call it? Uh, the... Fuck, what was that? The uh, It wasn't the Drift. That was Pacific Rim. <laughs> the Oasis. Yes. Yeah. Not to be confused with the one in Norcross. Completely different Oasis. <laughs> uh, they have more boobs there. And a lunch buffet. Or they used to do a lunch buffet. I don't know if that's still a thing or not. Oh, dude, it is almost too cold to keep a cigar lit. Yeah, this thing is, uh, I, well, we bought it like two weeks ago because we thought we were going to have to record early and we didn't. So it's been sitting in my humidor out here in the cold office for like the last two weeks. So it's almost a little over humidified. So it's kind of going out on me a lot. Overall, though, it's a, you know. It's been a very consistent yeah. smoke up to this point. Like I say, there's no reflection on the cigar because the ones I've had at the shop that are not overhumidified uh, didn't have any problems with. <laughs> uh, yeah, then we get the uh, Galileo Hustle, which this is the one where they've changed a lot of stuff from the anime where the uh, basically the con man that unthawed Faye and, and stole her identity. And this one, they made it a woman and had her like pretending to be Faye's mother. But she apparently is now being pursued by some 
gangster guy and comes to Faye for help <clears throat> and in exchange for her identity kit that uh, she stole. And the interaction between her and her fake con woman mother was pretty funny. And, fa- and especially how she kind of like fools the crew into thinking she's like cool and whatnot. <laughs> and, and this is also the episode where the fake... It's like, holy shit, she cooks. <laughs> <laughs> Like, we legit have real food. <laughs> and the other highlight of this episode is, like, when they first show Faye's ship she has in the first couple, it's not her traditional ship from the anime. Well, kind of, that's kind of, like, her prize at the end is, like, she gets this, uh, you know, her fake mother takes her to the, her, like, stash house, and she takes this uh, ship at the end, so she finally gets her, like, actual ship from the anime, uh, in in this episode, so I'm like, all right, that's pretty cool. It like I said, that's that's where the rest of the budget went. Is in this one scene of Faye flying away in her ship <laughs> that we'll only see used once more. <laughs> I don't know. I felt like this was a night at the museum or something. You know, it's like, oh, we're at this big warehouse, and your mobster boss Hubston doesn't realize you've taken all of this artwork and everything else. Like... <laughs> and then it turns out it's just their like weird sex game. <laughs> She's like, yes, I pursue you. It's 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 what we do. And she's like, y'all are sick perverts. I'm leaving. I'm taking the ship and leaving now. The old game of cat and mouse. <laughs> I gotta say the the next episode though is probably one of the highlights of the series is the sad clown a go go, which is their version of the Mad Pro uh, episode where a weird basically a bioengineered assassin who is batshit crazy but in this one because we have the added drama of vicious trying to hunt down spike he's hired to kill spike it wasn't just like in the original anime spike just happens to wander in and see him killing somebody so then now the guy hunts spike because he's a witness whereas this one is like he's hired to kill spike and the only thing that stops him the first time is he sees Ayn. Apparently Ayn came from the same lab this dude did. And he has oh, an unrational has a fear thing of dogs. That, yeah, you know, he's just scared of all dogs. <laughs> Which in the anime it was cats that he was yeah. scared of. Because whoever scientist was torturing him had a cat. Yeah, cats want a much higher budget than the dogs. Yeah. And he, like, at one point hacks Ayn. Like, so instead of Red Eye, did, you know, the dogs for this get a, an unlimited supply of kibble? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Yeah, the guy projects himself through Ayn's eyes, and that was a pretty free effect. Like, dude, your dog shows movies through its eyes. What the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, it's a data dog. <laughs> but yeah, the fight with him and Spike, and then the fight in the uh, abandoned amusement park. Very much straight out of the anime, but instead of him getting crushed by a giant animatronic, and this time Spike just uh, turns on his rocket boots and lets the guy launch himself into space, I guess, <laughs> before blowing up the, uh, uh, the whole place. Yeah, that, that scene was kind of cool. Like, th- this was another one of those episodes that had a lot more action and, you know, withheld my attention a lot better than, you know, hey, we're just going to have these people talk. <laughs> and the whole kind of Dirty Dozen reference where, uh, they're going through the plan. <laughs> And I'm like, this is a Dirty Dozen reference. <laughs> I know this movie. <laughs> it's like, 
Again. I'm going to do this and this and again. Oh. <laughs> uh, but then the final two episodes are almost like a two parter where it's like uh you know, syndicate like I said, these are like the Probably where it gets the most disappointing was these final two episodes. Because <laughs> uh, you get the reveal that uh, <clears throat> Jet finds goes to rescue Spike and finds him uh, at uh, Anna's bar because he was already rescued. And Vicious kidnaps Jet's daughter to use his leverage to get him to turn over Spike. And, you know, kills the, uh, the whole, like, side plot of, I'm gonna make nice with these other two mafia bosses, and we're gonna kill the, uh, the syndicate leaders and take over, and then basically Vicious, like, kills everybody and takes over him himself, and then finally tries to eliminate Spike. Which builds us up to, like, the big uh, church shootout like we had in Ballad of the Fallen Angels that just turns into fucking uh, Julia showing up and <laughs> betraying everyone and her being the one that shoots Spike and throws him out a window instead of Vicious. It's like, yeah, this badass character from the anime just kind of turned him into, like, a total bitch at the end. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. He gets completely like, cucked <laughs> by his wife. Don't we all? And such is life. The end. <laughs> I gotta say the action sequences in these two episodes were were pretty good. Other I than mean, that's, like, see, how that's it what's ended. so the ending it's like I, I wanna say, oh dude, that was a crappy episode, but each episode sort of had its, you know, certain high points that's like, all right, for this five, six minutes, it sort of redeemed itself, and we're back to going to crap again. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I mean, when Faye shows up and guns down, shoots up the place to, to rescue Spike and Jet, that was badass. And then the <clears throat> following, like, fight when Spike goes back into the church to finish it it was so badass but yeah then like the whole julia betrayal at the end i'm like this is unnecessary <laughs> and then you get Faye like leaving it leaving the team to like pursue she's like, i think i found my identity which happens way later in the series i'm gonna go off and pursue this and then jet uh returns his daughter and tells spike like you know if i ever see you again i'm gonna kill you and then Spike goes and gets, like, drunk and passes out in an alley and gets woken up by Ed, who they've teased, like, through the whole thing of, like, Radical Edward, which, in the anime, she didn't show up. He, she, whatever she is. Doesn't show up until later in the, uh, series anyway. But that's the person I kind of feel bad for in this whole thing about getting canceled. Because this is her, uh, like, first acting job. And it was like, and from that one little clip we get of Radical yeah, Edward. literally you're there for 30 seconds. Yeah. Looked legit and sounded legit like Edward. Like, had the, like, physicality of her, like, weird, like, movements and shit down. And I was like, 
apparently was going to be a big part of season two. And she was talking about having to stop the butterfly man. So I think that in season two, they had planned to go into more of the, uh, cowboy bebop, the movie plot line. But yeah, now that if we don't get a second season, like congratulations, kids, you got 30 seconds in this whole series. It's like legit look, look like it, that's going to be a you know good version of the of the character, but yeah, it just kind of got one that got screwed out of all of this. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I... I don't know. I would have liked to have seen what you know, just that little snippet. I mean. That person's probably putting in that much more effort to try to pull off this animated, you know, version. And that's got to be a a really hard character to do live action. Yeah, just the physicality of of Edward. I was like, that was the one that I was, like, worried about them pulling off. But (laughs) (coughs) you pull it off by not having it. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, like, I imagine that would have been a big part of season two. But, yeah, it was just like, oh, that. Here it is, and then we get nothing. <laughs> it's like if you, uh, you know, ended Star Wars on Empire Strike Back. It's like we have things like we set up a huge cliffhanger, and the team is like all broken apart, and everything ends on this down note. And it's like, sorry, you're not going to get a wrap up for all this. Do, do, do you really need a wrap up, though? I mean, there were high points, but. There were definitely a lot more low points. Like, I want to see Cowboy Bebop. I'll just go to the original. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I gotta say the, they brought back the original, uh, composer Yoko Kano. So the music was either straight out of the anime or new stuff that sounded enough like the original anime that it fit in with everything. So like. Music-wise, they did a great job. Writing and directing? Probably needed more budget and better writers. <laughs> yeah, and, and and the intros, because they didn't really carry, you know, into the episode the way that the original anime did. Well, the like, original anime, like I said, that, that song, like, that was pretty much, that intro is like the same intro in every episode, but it, it's like a shot for shot of that nearly of that uh, original opening sequence. So do, do you have any highlights? Is there any, what's, what's the positive takeaway of all this? There was a dog and it was a cute dog. I gotta say the, <coughs> I could have done without all the interpersonal drama. They've completely neutered the vicious character. I mean, but... when there were things related to bounties and two missions, Yes, when there it was, was action, it was cool, and the action sequences were great. The overall story, not so much, but the action's worth watching. The like I said, it sounds great. Like I said, the like I said, when they were going after bounties and we had fight scenes and shootouts, all that stuff was done very well. Whoever did the like fight choreography, and big shot. you know, yeah, that? And big shot was cool too. But yeah, overall, the story we got was not great. Does it? I don't know, I'm kind of a completionist. Like, I'm like, eh, do we need a season two? But I'm like, I kind of want to see how they dig themselves out of the hole. Like, maybe not a full, like, 
another season, but maybe do like a movie just to wrap up what we've seen so far. Do like a, just like a one, like hour and a half, two hour freaking movie to kind of wrap all this shit up. Do and you give really them, want give another an Spider-Man three? <laughs> this is how you get a Spider-Man three. <laughs> And everybody's whiny and emo for the (laughs) entire episode. Yeah, this did not have, I guess, the lightheartedness of Cowboy Bebop at times. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it took characters, you know, that are badass in so many rights and just... You know, tried way too hard to over-personalize, and it's like, that's a distraction, and that keeps you from connecting to the characters, because you're like, I don't really care. (laughs) I don't care. Like, I want to see bounties. I want to see spaceships. Like, I'm going to continue watching Bub Fett. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, I kind of want to see just how... Like... The the Kevin Smith He Man series, season one, I fucking hated it. I like thought the way it ended and the way they did it was garbage. Season two, it almost redeemed itself. Not quite, but almost redeemed itself. Whereas this is like, there's not a chance to redeem itself if we don't get a season <laughs> two, and that that <clears throat> I I don't like. So as we wrap this up. What do you think of this uh, here cigar? This is a much better cigar than the, uh, you know, series we just <laughs> talked about. Yeah, smoking this cigar is probably a better use of your time. I mean, construction, you know. Um... Alright, let's say this. If if it's not worth watching the entire series, is there what couple episodes would you recommend someone go watch? If they just want to hit the highlights. Cowboy Gospel. Um... Dog Star Swing, and I'd even say Sad Clown A Go Go was interesting. Sad Clown A Go Go, that one's pretty good, and I think, um, I mean, you need to see, you know, the people get turned into trees. Yeah. So yeah, watch episode one, two, four, and uh, eight, <laughs> and you're good. You don't need to watch the rest of it. I think that's a solid recommendation. <laughs> Maybe the Teddy Bomber episode, because it's just kind of funny. Which is episode two. You get to see a man in his underwear with a teddy bear head on. Blow himself up. <laughs> and that also has that great bathroom fight scene. Which was very John Wick uh, looking. Oh, speaking of which, I saw like one of the booths at Shot Show had the John Wick Mustang, but it was the crashed one, so you could sit in the destroyed John Wick Mustang. <laughs> That's kind of cool. <laughs> ah, but with that, we'll be right back.
Have you been searching for that one heavy metal podcast that covers all of your favorite geeky topics as well? Well, look no further. The Metal Geeks Podcast is here to save the day. Whether you are into video games, films, comic books, theme parks, or even, yes, heavy metal, then the Metal Geeks Podcast is a place for you. Check us out on all of your favorite podcasting apps, and we are proud members of the ESO Network. Keep it geeky, and keep it metal. Welcome to science. This week we're going to talk about pew pew stuff because firearm science is still a science. Yes, absolutely. Lots of chemistry, lots of engineering, lots of, you know, mathematics, all the things that make science science. <laughs> yeah, this week we're going to talk about uh, this week in Vegas, a uh, shot show happened, which if you don't know what that is, that's the big kind of industry. Uh, firearms uh, manufacturers and vendor convention in, in Vegas every year. And that's where all the new technology and new guns coming out get revealed. So we're going to kind of, I've watched a lot of SHOT Show coverage this week, and we're going to kind of hit some of the highlights of c cool things that I saw that are going to be coming out sometime in the near future. First off, uh, are you familiar with binary triggers? Yes, those are the triggers that when put into binary mode, they fire when pressed and depressed, correct? Yeah, so when you it fires when you pull the trigger and fires when you release it. You know, it's kind of the newest like fake full auto. Uh, and it was kind of started by a company uh, called Franklin Armory and kind of the and they've got them for AR, AK, like several platforms, but Kind of the newest thing they released at SHOT Show is now they're going to make a binary trigger for the Glock 17. And it's like the close you can get to like the full auto Glock 18. And the videos I've seen of people shooting the prototype uh, looks badass. <laughs> oh my you god. really want to do a quick mag dump. People are going to panic. I can't afford to do mag dumps, okay? <laughs> I can't afford to, you know... <laughs> The guns they brought to Shot Show were just the prototypes, and it's probably going to be later this year. If not but I'm next wondering, year like, comes out. you know, I mean, I guess if you're doing consecutive mag dumps, like, at some point, do we need to start looking at, you know, potentially getting heavier barrels, <laughs> you know, for all of the pressure and heat and, you know, just the wear and tear that comes with that? Because I don't know. These things, are, I would totally not carry one of these, but it's definitely a cool range toy. Uh, but it's going to be stupid expensive. I mean, MSR, like the kind of estimated uh, cost of things is going to be around $800 because it's not just the trigger. You're getting a whole slide, a yeah. uh, replacement slide. So basically we'll reuse your frame, your barrel, and your uh, recoil spring, and then it will come with a new slide that has the selector switch built into the slide and then the, the binary trigger itself. Which I could definitely see... You know, the people that love to do torture tests, like... <laughs> Just I, seeing how long it'll take to eat yeah. eat it up. Yeah, so far it's only coming out for the Gen 3 Glock 17. And that's that's a polymer frame, like newer... too. Like, people are like, oh my god, that's a plastic frame, it's gonna melt. I I would be curious to see what happens with that. Like, <laughs> yeah, we'll see how they... Demo uh... Ranch, uh, <laughs> if you're listening. Uh, another cool thing I saw from Magpul, maker of pretty much... 
all like body parts and magazines and everything else. And you're guaranteed cool stickers with your Magpul purchase. They've got a scope mount coming out that basically turns like it's video games in real life. Like it's a scope mount with like a piece that kind of goes over the end of your your existing optic, you know, any kind of like LPVO optic. So you can use like various optics with it. And it gives you, it has like basically smart mags that, so when you're looking through your scope, you get a heads up display that shows how many rounds are left in your magazine. And it also has a built in kind of ballistic calculator. So if you set it that I'm shooting at 700 yards or whatever, it will kind of adjust your point of aim to whatever range you set in there automatically in the heads up display. And if you say you're going from the mag, they say the magazines will know what type of bullets you're having. So if you're going from say, you're shooting suppressed and you're shooting subsonic bullets, which go slower and you switch out for hypersonic, you know, so, you know, you know, actual full power rounds, it'll adjust that suiting solution based on what ammo is in the magazine. And they said it's also going to have a like rangefinder upgrade where it'll have a built-in laser rangefinder where basically instead of having to dial in your range, you can just kind of point it at whatever and click and it'll say, "Oh, we're shooting at however many hundred yards and we'll adjust that uh target uh automatically." So all the more necessity to make sure that your rifles are zeroed. <laughs> yeah, so they're saying this problem is not going to actually hit the shelves till yeah. That's crazy about Next the magazine, year. though. I mean, because there's so many different ammo types and everything else. Like, I'm I'm wondering if they're going to have to work with certain ammo manufacturers to be like, this is how we're going to tell what round. I mean... Or it may be user-entered. User like, you know, when, yeah. you're, when you're loading that magazine, you can, like, I guess, like, with an app or something saying, hey, Mag 1 has this bullet in it, Mag 2 has these bullets in it, and kind of go from there. Because it's still kind of in the prototyping. They had a working model at SHOT Show, but they said it's probably going to be sometime next year before these actually hit the shelves. And that's probably going to be another expensive thing. <laughs> I think the other thing I saw that was like, you know, we there's been a Russian ammo ban, so a lot of the cheap AK ammo, and not just 7.62, but some of the more harder-to-find Russian ammos are kind of drying up, so... Pretty much any manufacturer that makes an AK variant was releasing a 5.56 AK this year. <laughs> it's like pretty much everyone's like, you like an AK? Here, we're going to give you an AR, you know, bullet AK. Because we know we can find that most of the time. <laughs> so yeah, pretty much every AK manufacturer is like, this year we're coming out with a 5.56 AK. But I mean, that was one of the biggest differences between, you know, the AR platform and the AK platform is, you know, having that 7.62, you know, I mean, which you could still get, you know, like your, your AR-10, which is a 308, which is still a 7.62, you know, bullet, but, hmm, I, I, I don't know. Like, I have a hard time, like... We should be able to produce stuff in our own country cheaper than we can import it from our enemies. Uh, and that's happening a lot, too. A lot of, like, ammo manufacturers that are starting to, like, make U.S.-made 7.62 or countries that are not Russia making 7.62. <laughs> There's other, <clears throat> And I can't remember the company that makes it. 
but it's the name of, oh, I think it's Desert Tech. It's the Desert Tech Quattro. And you can buy it as a full rifle or you can buy just the AR lower, which it has a much wider uh, magazine, uh, uh, whatever, fuck. Magwell? Mag- yeah, Magwell, that's the word I was looking for. Because it takes this new magazine they developed, which is a quad stack AR mag. So it's the same length. That's going to be a beefy boy. Yeah, it's a fat bastard. Uh, it's dummy thick, as the kids say. Dude, that's going to be heavy as shit. But it's the same length as your standard like P mag, but it's just super wide, and it holds 53 rounds per mag. <laughs> For those that don't like doing reloads. <laughs> I mean, dude, that's that's going to carry about the same weight as a 50-round drum. <laughs> Not most of the drums are like metal or well the the, the magpul p mags or those drums but but the thing is it's like the size of the dr- the round drums where this is like it's still like boxy and not as long as uh as your i mean same length as your regular p mag but yeah it should be uh four times wider though yeah like, it, it could be interesting because <laughs> i know on my you know mossberg 590 dude when i when i uh, you know, I can put 21 rounds on that, you know, shotgun at any time. And with 21 rounds of, you know, double O buck, it's, it's a beefy bastard. <laughs> I mean, granted, I do have a heavy barrel and stuff before the boating accident. Now I don't have shit, but, you know. It's just kind of cool to see, you know, some of the technology. And, you know, I, I wish... I wish folks would educate themselves, you know, on, you know, firearms from a safety standpoint and, you know, a a recreational standpoint, not just, oh, well, I saw in the, the, the media that th- this is an assault rifle and it shoots full <laughs> auto and it, it's got an unlimited Laser clip. guided death bullets. <laughs> yeah, you know, like. Uh, well, I did see... Uh... Canik has a new pistol called the uh, Rival, which yes. is going to be their competition-style uh, pistol. Uh, that looked pretty cool. And uh, saw a lot of new stuff on, like, training aids, which, if you're familiar with, like, the the E-Stems, which is a... Basically, it's, like, thing that, like, shoots electricity in your muscles and causes them to flex, and it's like a... Kind of a... Like a workout way without actually having to work out. You can just hit a button and flex your muscles a whole bunch of time. Well, some a company called uh, AU Fire Accuracy Under Fire has kind of implemented that in a training aid. So it has like a vest, like a haptic vest type thing you wear with these sleeves that goes over your arms. And an instructor, if you're doing some kind of like scenario based training, can be like, "All right, you've been shot in the left arm, and I hit this button, and now your left arm doesn't work." So it like r- runs a mild electric current through your muscles, which just completely locks up your arm, pain free. Like the guy that they were demoing it on was like. I don't feel anything, but I can't move my fucking arm. <laughs> and pretty much until they turn off the system, dude's arm is just like locked up. So it forces you to, you know, if your primary arm is goes down, you have to use your, your, your offhand to uh, do everything. It's like, there's no way to cheat on that. Cause your fucking arm ain't moving until someone flips the switch and turns the, uh, the system off. That's pretty crazy. I, you know, I mean, I could definitely see that, you know, as a training aid, you know, it's like, oh crap! I got to chamber around. What do I, you know? Can I chamber <laughs> off my belt, my, you know, boot, my, you know? 
Like, what do I do when I can't use two hands? Like That, and I saw there was a few companies making, like, virtual reality training stuff. So it's like, you're wearing your Oculus goggles or whatever, and you're in a kind of real-world environment, and some instructor can, like, you know, give you shoot-don't-shoot shoot scenarios, and you whatever gut you know, prop gun they give you that exists in the virtual world. So even when you look down, like whatever gun is physically in your hand, it's not one of these weird Oculus controls. You actually have a, you know, rubber AR or rubber pistol. God, are you trying to set up for another Alec Baldwin scenario? (laughs) You know, as you're engaging targets, it's tracking the virtual shot. Well, that's one of the things that I'm surprised hasn't taken off more is the in-home like kits that you link with the cell phone app and you put, you know, a dummy round that I guess when the striker pin hits, it shoots a laser beam, you know, so you can see on this digital target. Yeah, it's, uh, Mantis is one of the big ones yeah. that's doing it. I've, I've haven't bought one of those yet, but yeah, I've seen, seen Like, a I'm lot surprised of those. stuff like that really hasn't taken off, you know, given, you know, the cost of ammo. Yeah, I, I kind of want one of those. I just haven't got around to, to buying them yet. It's, I, it's good I, if you're doing dry fire practice. It's a good extra way to do you know, draw fire practice with some kind of like feedback of whether or not you're actually making, you know, good shots. And then the, uh, I mean, cause that's, you know, that's most folks hardest part is, or at least for me was figuring out how do I know I have a good sight picture? Yeah. Like I know what I'm supposed, but you know, when like I've shot rifles and long guns, a hell of a lot more than I've shot, you know, handguns and, you know, just... I do like that, the virtual reality for the, like, scenario-based training aspect. I mean, I've shot, like, the, uh, it's called the Fat Simulator, uh, where it's like you're engaging targets on, like, a TV or movie screen, <laughs> yeah. and you're working through scenarios where this, you're in a completely 360-degree Dude, we could truly, like, set up a, a, you know, straight-up zombie apocalypse scenario, see yeah. how we are with our headshots. Yeah, like so, like that VR element I thought was pretty cool. And one other, I kind of like the last thing that I saw that I thought was like new and inventive because, you know, guns are guns. And they, I mean, everyone has had something new they're showing, but was uh, Blackhawk has a remoldable holster. It's basically, you know, if you have, you know, multiple guns that you carry, instead of having to buy a hard Kydex holster for each and every gun you have, or say you buy some brand new gun and you need something to carry it in until your fancy, <clears throat> you know, Kydex holster comes. Cause hell last holster I bought took like four to five months to actually arrive. It's like, basically you put this thing in a bag and boil it. And then once you pull it out of the thing, you stick your gun in it and mold it to whatever shape you need it to be. And it hardens into that, that, position and if you need to change it for something else you just stick it back in the bag heat it back up and then mold it to whatever else you want to carry i'd have to see you know over time like you know does it lose elasticity or anything else like does it it's kind of like you know if like the the football mouth guards you just kind of like heat up and then bite to like fix it to your teeth it's kind of that same i guess same uh but, I mean, we get some hot summers and stuff. Like, is it going to try to deform and stuff against... I mean, I mean granted, It doesn't get boiling, boiling you know. Yeah, temperature, so it must have, like, a pretty high melting point. And it's not something I would probably carry as a primary holster. But if you, you know, you're switching between guns or, like I said, you need something to 
hold it until you're we're all gonna you know your better holster dude, comes in. What are in. you doing with a camp <laughs> stove at the range? Oh, I need to remold my uh, my holster. <laughs> yeah, but I thought it was kind of an interesting uh, concept. Not only can I remold my holster, but we can make eggs in a bag. Hell yeah! Or we could do a you know crab well, oil. Literally, like the guy that was demoing it at uh, Shot Show had a, a, a sous vide system set up, and that's what he was using to boil the uh, the holsters with a, was a sous vide cooker. That's because <laughs> great minds think alike. <laughs> and the guy's like, honestly, I had no idea what sous vide was until I got this to like you know do this holster demonstration. This thing's kind of awesome. <laughs> but that's all I got for you. Uh, go out and shoot something. Have a good time. And now it's time for all things nerdy in the nerd news. And welcome to nerd news. Yeah, news. This week is going to be filled with happiness and sadness and just all around nerdiness. Um, up next, fuckery for all. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, because it it would not be a nerd nerd news segment without a little fuckery. And on to you, Ted. Wait, do we have Ted? No, no, no Ted. Okay. No Ted. All right, well, how about Picard? Because we did get a new trailer for Paramount's Plus uh, new season. Which I think that's the only thing keeping that app alive is the Star Trek content. Because I don't know anything on Paramount that I I, care to watch. I have to say, though, I haven't seen the first season. But watching the trailer for the second season, like... This seems like Star Trek that I'd actually be interested in. Like, it was really hard for me to get into old Star Trek. But, you know, some of the standalone movies and everything, like, I've thoroughly enjoyed. And I'm like, this looks like something that I would really like. Yeah, and I, man, I grew up on The Next Generation. And this, whatever, I think Discovery was the first thing that came out on Paramount. And I'm just like, eh, it doesn't look interesting to me but then like everything i've heard about picard season one was pretty awesome but i'm just there's not enough there for me to buy another streaming service but if they, if they ever release this shit on video where i can just buy that and not the entire fucking app and like i might watch it at that point if i f- figure out some way to watch it without having to pay for paramount yeah absolutely so this is supposed to be um a little bit of time travel where they end up in the 21st century in 2024 so a not to distant future. Um, so basically they're left to confront the perils of 21st century Earth in a desperate race against time to save the galaxy's future. And it looks like Q is back, too, which those Q are always back. fun um, episodes of Next Generation is when Q would show up and stir the pot. Yeah, I mean, it, it was cool seeing, you know, Whoopi Goldberg, um, Gian, I think. Gaiden. Uh, Gaiden, Gaiden, yeah. Gaiden, something like that with Shows my knowledge. But I was like, hey, that looks familiar. (laughs) So um, for folks that have, you know, um, Paramount Plus, this will be a 10-episode second season and will be released on March 3rd. And we will link to the trailer. Um, Up next for trailers, and I mean, this is a train wreck just waiting to happen. I guess, you know, people just couldn't get enough of, you know, Joe, Joe Exotic and uh, Carol Baskin, you know, killed yes. her husband, <clears throat> whacked him, uh, you know. <laughs> like, I, the whole Joe Exotic craze to me is, like, come and passed. It's, like, died out. Like, I think they've, this show is probably too but, late. But, <laughs> I mean, at the same time, like, 
What is Peacock really like? Do they have anything they can really stand on themselves? Like, yeah, it's I mean, another I can one of those apps like, that I'm like, I've. I did watch Halloween Kills because I was able to watch it for free. Of course, you get like the 30 second ads, you know, every half hour or something. So it's sort of like watching network television at that point. <laughs> but, um. So this is supposed to be inspired by Joe and Carol. Um, John Cameron Mitchell um, will play as Joe Exotic. Kate McKinnon um, from Saturday Night Live, Ghostbusters, uh, will play Carol Baskins. And yeah, besides my like hatred of that Ghostbusters movie, I like her as an actress. She's always been funny on Saturday Night Live and like the things I've. The other things I've seen. But her was in. Carol Baskin really a funny person, though? No, that's what's weird. Yes, but then again, it's like, like <laughs> I think I've seen more comedians do serious roles than serious actors like succeed at doing comedic roles. Correct. Yeah, very true. I mean, because I mean, you, you know, this like rule of comedy—you got to be dark on the inside to to make funny things. So, <laughs> but yeah, I think just just as much as you know the the documentary. Oh, Carol is going to learn that Joe um, had been raising and breeding big cats and um, for profit. So Carol is going to set out to shut down his venture, inciting a quickly escalating rivalry. But Carol has a checkered past of her own, and when the claws come out, Joe will stop at nothing to expose what he sees as her hypocrisy. <laughs> the results will prove dangerous. Yeah, this I, is I, you know, going to be ridiculous. Like, like these are two people that absolutely should have just been married because <laughs> two wrongs don't make a right, and they are a match made in hell. <laughs> yeah. Um. For thing is, like to me, I'm like, is this too late? Because <laughs> like, like the whole Joe Exotic thing is like nobody talks about that shit anymore. Well, I mean, I I, I guess we're gonna see. You know, I mean. All it takes is one hashtag, one trend, and, you know, we will forever, you know... Yeah, we'll see how the the feed blows up in <laughs> next month or so when that comes so, out. For folks that are interested, check it out on Peacock. This will premiere uh, March 3rd. Um, a trailer that you turned me on to that was not on my radar at all. Um, I mean, it wouldn't be nerdy without talking things of the Marvel Universe. So let's talk about Moon Knight. Something I know absolutely nothing about. Yeah, other than the memes, I don't have never read any of the Moon Knight comics, but from what I've looked up on him, apparently he's a Marvel superhero with multiple personality disorder. So he's like has like three separate personalities, like one's kind of a loser dude and one's like a badass mercenary, and then he becomes gets the power of like an ancient Egyptian god and becomes Moon Knight. <laughs> yeah, well I guess so and the little bit of research, I guess he's a specter who has supernatural powers, like enhanced strength during nights with full moon. So, I mean, it's almost like he's a werewolf. <laughs> Which that was one of his, like, that's where the that character appeared was a comic called Werewolf by Night. And he was a guy who fought a werewolf. <laughs> so this makes sense. Yeah. Uh, if it looks like a werewolf and smells like a werewolf, it's probably Moon Knight. <laughs> but yeah, that's coming out on March 30th, I believe, starring Oscar Isaacs from uh, who played Poe Dameron in the new Star Trek movie, or Star Trek, Star Wars uh, movies. <laughs> yes. And the, the trailer looks bizarre. There's, I haven't seen enough yet to like 
even figure out what the fuck's going on, but it, it looks weird and interesting. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm finding sometimes not having background information to base a preconceived notion or opinion. Like, I tend to enjoy things more than folks that know all the ins and outs of the source material and are trying to compare to... Yeah, and the kind of the trend in trailers of give away the entire fucking plot in the trailer is like... I kind of like these trailers that are like... leaves a little bit to the imagination, so I don't know what I'm getting going in. <laughs> so, yeah, well, we shall see. Absolutely. Um, I guess... Since we talked about Disney, might as well keep the trend with Disney. But we're going to talk video games now. Um, Square Inc. and Disney have announced that Kingdom Hearts will be coming to the Nintendo Switch via the cloud on February 10th. Um, Folks can actually demo the games now to see performance and everything else on the Switch. Um, but basically, you will get all 20 years of Kingdom Hearts, uh, you know, we'll get one and a half, two and a half remix, the final mix, Chain of Memories, uh, 358 Two Days with, you know, HD remastered cinematics, Kingdom Hearts 2 final mix, Birth by Sleep final mix, Recoded HD remastered cinematics, Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8, Final Chapter prologues. Like, damn. I mean, you. you so here you're getting all the things. Yes, absolutely. As well as the Kingdom Hearts um, back cover movie things. So, um, definitely something if you have a Nintendo Switch and are interested in, uh, you know, reliving that 20 years, it will probably take 20 years to complete all of that. <laughs> Give you something to do through the the winter. Yeah, absolutely. Um, dude, 2022 is um, not starting off. Uh, people did not proceed into 2022 with caution. Yeah. I mean, right before, I mean, we had... Um, we had Betty White pass Betty right White, before you know, the new year. Then, you know... Um, and then the great Bob Saget... Bob Saget, we lost him. Louis Anderson, we just lost him a few days ago or yesterday. And, you know, as well as Meatloaf. Like. Oh, his name was Robert Paulson. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I've mean, been seeing that, you know, the freaking Fight Club uh, reference going across uh, Facebook today. Yeah, it's like. It's... I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. <laughs> oh, and. That's got to be his most like played song. I, I hear that on the radio like all the fucking time. Absolutely. If I'm in somewhere where there there's a radio going on because I don't listen to the actual radio anymore, that's got to be one of the most famous. No, that you know, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, dude, he. I, I mean, mean, he's been in a lot of movies for a music. Um, do you remember uh, what was it? Uh, Formula Fifty One with Samuel Jackson. He was like the bad guy, the lizard. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. R.I.P. to Meatloaf and Louie and Betty and Bob. It's like, yeah, it's 2022 is not starting out good. Yeah. Um, another thing. Can we just hurry up and get to the apocalypse? I want to yeah. feed some zombies. Well, 
since you brought up the apocalypse, it's not the apocalypse without talking about spam. And I'm spam, not talking spam, about spam, your spam, email spam, client. Spam, 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 spam. You're a fan of Yahtzee? I, I've played some Yahtzee. I've tossed some dice back in the day. Well, it looks like we now have Yahtzee spam. Okay, is this dice made out of spam or spam made it's out of dice? It's the same Yahtzee game, but one comes with a dice rolling box that looks like a can of spam. And each dice features six well-known spam dishes. The sushi roll, the noodles, <laughs> masubi, um, spam fried sandwich, spam kebabs, and spam fries. Alrighty then. I have not tried any other varieties of spam other than the fried spam. So I yeah, am not I'm... prepared for the apocalypse whatsoever. Yeah, I've like I've I've ate spam cold, I've ate spam hot. That's about as far as my spam uh you know familiarity goes i've even chopped up a little spam in a uh in an omelet but yeah i'm uh, i'm not familiar with any of those uh, those like popular <laughs> versions of spam well that's why i'm here to educate you in all things news um i guess also for the apocalypse wouldn't be the apocalypse without potentially talking about aliens and you can't talk about aliens without mentioning the name um, Ripley. And you can't really mention Ripley without the iconic power loader. <laughs> so there's now a Ripley plastic model kit um, with her power loader that looks pretty <laughs> cool. As somebody that thoroughly enjoys doing, you know, models like... I can't get into the Gundam thing... Because that's going to be like Warhammer and just way too expensive. I can buy one model. Yeah. I can't afford to do 500 models. Oh, and a lot of those, like, <clears throat> those Gundam things, the, you know, instructions are in Japanese. And it's like, uh, I got to go with just the picture image because I can't read any of the instructions. <laughs> so this uh, model will stand almost nine and a half inches tall. It'll have the soft cables for wirings. All of the decals can be applied to the loader. Um, the action figure will be able to be removed, um, and the power loader will have a articulated removable, um, figure. So, you know, pretty detailed, you know, for, there's a lot of things I could potentially screw up putting that together, it seems. <laughs> um, and I, I guess in closing, you know talk about Mission Impossible. I guess it's going to be impossible to make a release date on time. <laughs> as is the... Everything, you know, release dates is just just a suggestion. Nothing yeah. actually comes out on time anymore. <laughs> well, for folks interested, Mission Impossible 7 um, will be released July 14th, 2023. Mission Impossible 8th, June 28th, 2024. Potentially. <laughs> Until Unless it's moved they're again. delayed again. Um, any other news notes anything you want to share with the folks at home that's all i can think of check us out on cigarnerdpodcast.com we're on the eso network at esonetwork.com we're on facebook instagram twitter at cigar nerd pod get your energy drinks at strikeforceenergy.com promo code cigar nerds get your shirts at realmensmokecigars.com give us a like and a subscribe and a review on wherever you're listening to this at and with that I'll see you space cowboy and this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smoking Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom.
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.